thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a March 2022 study published in the journal Public Health Nutrition has found that 95% of the advisory committee members that created the 2020 to 2025 US dietary guidelines had a conflict of interest with food or pharmaceutical industries. The study stated that disclosure of conflict of interest on this committee was recommended in 2017 by the National Academies of Sciences in order to increase transparency and manage bias. However, it would appear that public disclosure of the committee's conflicts of interest has not taken place. This study found that 19 of the 20 advisory committee members had a conflict of interest and that big companies such as Kellogg's, Abbott, Kraft, Mead Johnson, General Mills, Danone and the International Life Sciences had connections with multiple members. These conflicts of interest were primarily in the form of research funding and memberships of an advisory or executive board. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion is that for those who have followed the dietary guidelines over the years, this won't be a surprise. They've always been full of conflicts of interest and bias. And I think that you know, with what we know now about bias in both research and also research interpretation, we just simply need to do better. These are guidelines that are being provided for the US, um, but they're also guidelines that then get extrapolated and shared and utilized all around the world. And this is a massive, massive issue. We know that the food that we eat is having a massive impact on the health of our population. We know that we have rising, rising rates of chronic lifestyle-related disease all around the world, and that the foods we are eating is a big contributor to that. You know, we've seen over the years that there have been misadventures in terms of how we've interpreted the research and how we've used that to create guidelines. In particular, we've seen, you know, the demonization of fat for several decades, which we've now decided wasn't entirely accurate, although that is just still so slow to unfold and to reverse. We still see this low-fat messaging getting recommended, even though the research has shown for some time that that is not an accurate representation of the evidence that's out there. And I think this kind of bias in both the research and also in terms of the research interpretation is a big part of why that's the case. You know, and really, you know, this study has spoken about the bias in research interpretation. It doesn't even talk about the bias in research. But you know, if we look into this more closely in terms of the funding for this research, we know that similar big companies that have interest in food and have interest in pharmaceuticals do have a big say in the funding of this research. We know that there is no compulsion to publish. In other words, they can run as many studies as they like and only publish the ones that are suitable to their messaging if that's what they wish to do. And obviously, there's always a risk of bias there when that is the source of funding, when that funding is coming from the food industry or when that funding is coming from the pharmaceutical industry. And so, I think we need to do better, once again, both in terms of the bias in the research, but also as this study is showing in terms of the bias in the interpretation of the research. Because after all, the quality of the answers are only ever as good as the quality of the questions we ask. And really, in order to be asking the right questions, we need to be free from bias. We need to be free from conflicts. We need to be free to go about and ask whatever questions we want to ask and publish whatever results we want to publish and interpret those published results 
in whatever way that we want to. Otherwise, we're just not going to get the results that we're looking for and we're going to see a continuation of the bias that we've seen up until this point and potentially a continuation of the chronic lifestyle-related, diet-related disease that we've seen up until this point. So, you know, I think it's really important for you to make your own informed decision about the diet that is right for you. As you've seen from this, you can't just trust the science, you can't just trust the experts because there is a large amount of bias there. So you have to do your best to make the best decision you can from the evidence that's available, trusting the experts that you choose to trust, not those that are chosen by, in this case, the government and seemingly chosen with somewhat of a biased approach. And in the absence of evidence, in the absence of trustable science, then I think what we do have to fall back on is our evolutionary history, is what we have as humans evolved to consume over millions and millions of years, and that is real, unprocessed, whole foods, you know, meats, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, water, the kind of thing we've been consuming for millions of years that we have evolved to be suited to consuming. It makes sense that in the absence of quality unbiased research in the absence of quality unbiased interpretation of that research that that would be your fallback option you've been listening to this weekend wellness with brett hill to continue the conversation find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash this weekend wellness if you like this episode please leave a review on itunes and for more information about this and other projects from me head to drbretthill.com This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.